glory to God. Open your Bible, if you would, please, over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I believe at the Lord's direction we're going to pivot this morning. And uh, glory to God. You know, you, the, the topics and things that the Lord has us to focus on, minister on, they're vast, they're large, they're big. And it's, it's just very difficult to ever exhaust any one topic like the family or prayer or whatever you might be talking about. <clears throat> and, uh, but in waiting on God, I, I, I sensed an impression uh, pressing in my spirit uh, to get over and talk about the subject of faith. And I know on Wednesday nights the Lord's uh, begun to deal with us about prayer. He spoke to us last time we prayed from 3 to 4 in a tongue and interpretation about the necessity for all of us to move over into a greater participation in prayer. And I pray that you'll be listening and responding to, to that emphasis. Uh, but uh, we're going to launch out and talk about faith today. Uh, amen. amen. Can you get excited about that? Yes. Glory to God. Well, you need to be. Uh, you need to be excited about it, and, and that's kind of where we'll, where we'll start this morning. And uh, to make some comments about why, why have an emphasis on faith? Why, why elevate the message of faith to the forefront of the believer's life and thinking? And uh, so that you could buy into that anew and afresh. Uh, you know, how important should faith be uh, in our life? Well... You can't get saved without faith. Right? The Bible said, for you are saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. You cannot get saved without faith. As we'll see, I trust today, you cannot please God apart from faith. And then even more importantly, or equally as important, faith is how you receive from God. All that God has purchased, all that His grace has made available, must be received. Salvation's been paid for. It's done. For the... For the for the most lost, evil, wicked, Satan-ruled sinner out there in Paducah. God does nothing more, nothing to save them. They are saved in His mind. The, the price has been paid. The blood has been shed. Uh, innocence is being crying out. Freedom is crying out from the mercy seat in heaven. But it's not actual for any one person down on earth until the salvation that was bought and given is received. And it cannot be received apart from faith. Amen. Every good thing grace purchased for us must be received. And it must be received. There's only one way to receive from God. And that is by faith. A Amen. And so faith is paramount. Now it's, it's, it's sad that some of the greatest opposition to the faith teaching and the faith message comes from within the body of Christ itself. And Christians find themselves unknowingly and unwittingly criticizing their own Savior. Making fun 
thinking they're making fun of people they've called false for teaching that you can pray and declare and believe you receive and receive from God. People like myself, and we get criticized for that. Uh, we get criticized for that greatly, and really, we're not the ones being criticized. They don't realize they are directly mocking and criticizing words that fell from their own Savior's lips. We've all made mistakes like this, right? You know, thank God for the blood, thank God for His mercy. But, but our minds must be awakened. You know, how many of you heard people criticize faith teaching, like, oh, you're, you're that blab it and grab it. You're, you're that, are you that, are you blab it and grab it? And they don't realize what they're doing. The problem with that is, is that I blabbed it, and I grabbed it. And you're going without. That's the problem. The problem is, I said it, and believed it, and it came to pass. You mock it while you're sick. You mock it while you go without. And greater than that, you are criticizing one of the greatest teachings Jesus ever gave us. It is Jesus, not Chris Cody, not Kenneth Hagin, not Kenneth Copeland, not Charles Caps, not Dr. Summerall, not Dr. Jerry Seville, not Jesse Duplantis, not, not Pastor Nancy Dufresne. We are not the ones that said, have the God kind of faith. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will come to pass, they will have whatever they say. None of those preachers, they didn't say that. Jesus said that. Our Lord. Our Lord went on to say, What things, T-H-I-N-G-S, things, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. I didn't say that. Kenneth Hagin didn't make it up. Word of faith Christians didn't make it up. I, you know, I've had it uh, within the last, well, say six months. I don't want to exaggerate at all. I had that criticism of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, word of faith. Yeah, you're, those, you're a word of faith guy. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'll take it. If you're going to put me in the company of the Apostle Paul, I'll take it. Because Paul said in Romans chapter 10, the word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith that we preach. So I'm guilty. So much of what Jesus was endeavoring to do with the twelve with the 70, with anyone who would listen, was to get over to them how to live and operate their life by faith. So listen, don't criticize it. Amen? And don't be moved, believer, by your friends, 
your family, your fellow community member that wants to try to ridicule, mock, make fun of those that you've associated yourself with. That's right. Amen. Jesus said, if you love father, mother, brother, sister, wife, more than me, you're not worthy of me. If we're really disciples of Jesus, we need to pay attention to what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Mark, we're not there, but Mark 11, 22, he said, have faith in God. The margin of any good Bible will tell you that the Greek literally says, have the God kind of faith. And then he goes into teaching on it. Whosoever shall say. Is that you? Are you a whosoever? Whosoever. So, Scotty, if you will say to your mountain, be removed, mountain. And Scotty believes in his heart that what he said to the mountain will come to pass. Jesus, not Kenneth Hagin, not Kenneth Copeland, Jesus said, he will have, Scotty will have, Whatever Scotty says. Jesus said to Scotty, Scotty, whatsoever you desire when you pray, wonder about it. Wonder about it. And if it's my will, it'll come to pass. Is that what the verse says? No, Jesus said to his son, Brother Scotty, he said, Brother Scotty, whatever things you desire when you pray, Brother Scotty, believe. 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 Believe what? Believe that you receive them. And Jesus said, Scotty, you will have them. Now if you want to put words on that like name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, you do that if you want. But the problem is, I blabbed it. And I grabbed it. I spoke it. And I moved it. I desired it. Prayed it. Believed I received it. And I got it. Now listen. I'm not angry about it. I'm not bitter about it. But I get a righteous indignation. I I don't like religious ignorance. And yet, I was ignorant once, and I'm ignorant still about a great many things. But are you open? I mean, you, you come here week after week, most of you. But praise God, a lot of people, you know, as we were talking about in Connect class today, a lot of people will come, and the most critical, in a church like this, the most critical time you're going to have is that first six months or a year. Unless you're coming from another church a lot like this, or straight out of the world, if you're coming from some other church, some other background, I'm going to pet your fur back. I'm going to say stuff that to 90% of the people in the room sounds perfectly normal and mainstream because we've been taught it for years. But a lot of people leave, oh man, that's wrong, I'm out of here. No, it's you haven't got your mind renewed yet. Don't run away from it. Go home like Brother Lon does and check me out. They're one of our precious n- newer families. And uh, looks like you're going to stick, looks like, praise God. And, uh, but I love what I heard him say not long ago. He said, I want you to know I, I, that, that sounded new to me, and I went home and I checked you out. I said, well, what would you find out? You said, exactly as you said. 
If we will take our religious, denominational, traditional blinders off and read the Bible, you'd be amazed at the life God's authored for you and what you could have and what you do not have to put up with in your life. But you'll have to wear the t-shirt with us. You're one of them. Right? But I'd rather blab it, grab it, and drive it than not have it. And give Jesus all the credit and all the glory. Amen? Getting off to a good start. You bring up the subject of faith. Oh, I heard that. No, you hadn't heard that. We need to hear it more. Amen. Let's look at this verse, 1 John 5, verse number 4. Praise God. Somebody says, are you going to pray? No, I'm not going to pray. I've, I've been praying all weekend. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It would be appropriate to pray, but hallelujah. Amen. Look at verse 4, 1 John 5, 4. Now notice what the Bible says, for whatsoever. Circle that. Make a note of that. Because, uh, again, as I said this morning in the Connect class, for years, I think I read that, Lindsay, like whosoever. Whosoever is born of God. So, you know, associating it with John 3.16 and other scriptures. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But that's not what the Bible says in this verse. Notice what it says. Whatsoever. Whatsoever is born of God, that's what's going to overcome. Why are many so-called, quote-unquote, Christian endeavors such failures? Because they were not born of God. That person seeking that avenue, that was not born of God. That person dating that person, that was not born of God. That person starting that business, that was not born of God. And things fail, and people go, I wonder why God wouldn't bless me. He didn't author that. <laughs> He didn't birth that. He didn't assign that. Amen? Amen. Listen, this verse says, whatsoever is born of God, it overcomes. It overcomes. It overcomes attacks. It overcomes criticisms. It overcomes demonic opposition. Amen? Why? Because when God births something, when God assigns something, when God authors something, glory to God, it's going to overcome. The only way we've gotten this far going from Jackson Street to here, amen, in this facility is not because I'm that great of a leader, because I'm not. It's not because I didn't make any mistakes, because I did, I made plenty. It's not because we had just such strength of numbers, because we, our, our numbers got cut in half during the process. Amen. The reason we overcame, people left, people went away, people gave up, whatever, amen. Praise God, the, we, the reason we overcame, amen, is because this was authored by God, birthed of God. Listen, do you know what? Your healing is birthed of God. It's authored of God. It's willed of God. Your prosperity is authored of God. It's not your idea. It's not man-made's idea. And it's certainly not Brother Copeland's idea. It's God's idea. I said, it's God's idea that you prosper. Yeah. Your divine protection, your supernatural deliverance, Amen. that's authored by God. Yes. Amen. You having a sound mind, that's authored by God. 
Hallelujah. And everything, every promise in the Word of God is authored of Him. And it will overcome everything in the world. Amen. Now notice the last half of the phrase, last phrase of that verse, wonderful verse. It says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith. What is the victory that's going to overcome the world for David? Not pastor's faith. David's faith. Amen. I can help some folks. I can piggyback. I can carry some people for a while. Amen. But this verse says, and this is the victory that over... You can say it like this. This is Larry's victory. This is Larry's victory. What is Larry's victory? Larry's faith. Larry's faith. Dakota's faith. Rex's faith. Joe's faith. Your faith. How important is faith? You know, it's not, what's, what's tied to your victory? What's linked to your victory? Your faith, not your trying. Not your education, not your networking ability, not your work ethic. You, amen. These are all assets that can be helpful things. But your victory in God is not linked to your struggle, to your crying, to your trying, to your human effort. It's your faith. Your faith. How important is your faith? Well, your victory is tied to it. I said your victory is tied to your faith. Amen. Say, what's got on our pastor? I don't know. I had a phone call from Dr. Jacobs. Maybe he got on me a little bit. (laughs) But I'm excited about faith. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Galatians chapter 2. Y'all are doing good. You're pulling on me this morning. The one of, well, I will quote Brother Hagin in this. He said, the greatest of all Bible topics is faith. No, salvation. Salvation. Being saved. That's the greatest topic. Can't get saved without faith. Right? Faith is the greatest. Can't please God without faith. Can't receive from God without faith. Amen. You know, you line a hundred of us up in this room. How equal is God's love for every one of those hundred? It's exactly the same. How would you measure the difference in God's commitment to each one? It's exactly the same. How come one wastes away with cancer and one gets supernaturally healed? Is it on God? Is is God choosing? Can I help you? Trying to help you. That's what church is about, trying to help. I want to make sure that everyone out there, when I use the word faith, words create pictures in our minds, right? And those pictures are not all the same. I'm not picking on you today, Lindsay, but you sat in the front row, so... Do you you have any pets? Do you have a dog? Okay, so dog. Does the word dog create an image in you? Okay, is the dog about this tall, all black, long hair, big bushy tail? No? 
Yours is a golden doodle. See, for me to get the image that she has in her, when I use the word dog, she has to add descriptive words. She keeps, descri- she keeps putting just the word golden doodle. The picture changes. Right? When I say the word faith, you may have an image on the inside, a definition on the inside that is not what I'm talking about. So let's just take maybe two minutes and let's clear this up. We need to be on the same page. In, if, we, if we're going to use the faith, the word faith with the broadest brush, people out there, you bring up the word faith on Fox News. Most people are going to hear, they're going to think, someone who is religious. That's the broadest way you could use the word faith. Someone who has found faith. What do we mean? That means that they have identified with or bonded to or accepted some sort of religious system, some sort of belief system. It could be the Muslim faith. It could be the Buddhist faith. It could be the Christian faith. When I'm talking about faith, I'm not talking about being a Christian. I'm not talking about finding religion. Now, again, the next biggest thing that we find among Christians, especially in mainstream sort of denominational settings, when you use the word faith, this is what they think. Trust in the wisdom of God regardless of what comes. That's what many Christians very sincerely and sweetly think faith is. I grew up in a church full of sweet, God-fearing, God-loving people. And that's what they meant when they used the word faith. So let me give you an example. Here's what they thought faith looked like. Auntie May has a serious disease. So we're going to pray for Auntie May. And we pray. Most Christians have enough sense to pray what they want. And they'll say something, Father, we pray for Auntie May's healing. But we trust you. We have faith in you. And no matter what in your infinite wisdom you decide to do, no matter how foggy and unclear the plan, if you see fit not to heal Auntie May, we're going to love you anyway. And we're going to trust that in your infinite wisdom, someday on the other side of glory, we'll be able to understand we have faith in you, Father. And they are sincere. I'm not criticizing them. That's what they think faith is. That you pray your desire, what you think would be good, but regardless of what God sees fit to do, we're going to trust Him. How many of you, you get that? You, you think you've been around that before. You understand that mentality. It sure sounds sweet. Wrong. Wrong. That is not Bible faith. Do you understand that? It is so sweet that you'll love God even if you think He gave your little girl cancer. you got more faith than I do. But that's not Bible faith. Pastor, what is it? I'm glad you came. You're going to have to keep coming for a while. We'll get this into you even more. Bible faith is positive. Bible faith 
is an assurance born from a knowing what God will do before He does it. Now that will make people leave church. Because most Christians still today do not believe that you can know what God will do before He does it. Religion puts everything off on God. Everything. It's up to God. Just up to God. We can pray and throw stuff on the wall and hope something sticks, but it's up to God. That's not faith. That's ignorance gone to seed. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. You, how many of you have heard this phrase? God works in mysterious ways. How many of you heard that before? How many of you would be really humble and honest and said you said it before? You know God does not work in our lives in mysterious ways? Now His methods, how He brings something to pass, oh yeah, His ways are sometimes past finding out. But in, a, in all of the major pillars of my life, the things that matter, I know that God will save me. I know God will forgive me. I know God will heal me. Physically. I don't care what comes. In this, God does not move in mysterious ways. He moves in covenant ways. I'm not in a mystery relationship with God. I'm in a covenant relationship with God. The Bible outlines all the terms of the covenant. What God has done, what God will do. It also outlines the other side of the covenant, what I must do on my side to cooperate, walk in the benefits of my covenant. God works in covenant ways. He keeps His promises. Someone who prays, Lord, heal so-and-so if it be thy will is ignorant of what the Bible says. And they have drunk the religious Kool-Aid. See, bless God, when's this service over? I'm trying to be polite, but I'm out of here. Better, better hold on. Because whether you live or die, you get all huffy and puffy because you don't like my approach. I'm trying to help us all. Faith knows what God will do before He does it. It has to be that way. Brother Richard, you want to know why? Look at what Jesus said Himself. Whatsoever you desire, so He puts it on you, when you pray, believe you receive it. How could you believe you receive it if you don't know that He will? You have no basis for faith. Right? You, you'd have no basis for faith. I was reading uh, Brother Reverend Joel's book on faith, Simple Faith, in the bookstore, and love what he pointed out. He said, you really need three elements to even have human faith, to have a basis for faith, right? So let's say that you heard that I had $1,000 in my jacket pocket and that I was going to give it away. You heard that in the lobby. Amen. 
Well, could Dakota have faith to believe the, for the $1,000? No. What does he know? He knows I have $1,000. He knows I'm going to give it away. But did I say I'm giving it to him? Then he can't have faith for that. He can have hope for that. But he can't have faith for that. You know, you, you would need to know, one of the elements you'd need to know is what kind of person is Pastor Chris? Because maybe he said it, but he's a liar. And he's in the habit of not coming through. Right? So you have to know the character of the person you're going to have faith in. Well, do we know something about God's character? Is he the kind of God that goes, you know what, let's have a little fun, let's make Marilyn sick this week, and then maybe we'll get in mind to healing her next week? No, that's not God. Wrong answer. That's not God. That's not God. What kind of God is he? Then you have to know what kind of ability does he have. Can he? Can he? That's two out of the three necessary elements. What kind of character? What kind of ability? Then the last component you have to have, if you're going to have any basis for faith, is what did he say? What did he say? So maybe that person in the lobby, they walked off, and they only heard part of what I said in the lobby. That I had $1,000, that's in my jacket pocket, and I'm going to give it away, and they went to get coffee because coffee's so good here. And they forgot to say, I'm going to give it away at the end of the service to Brother Kevin. <laughs> Bam. This is just an illustration. <laughs> Brother Kevin's like, I'm glad I came to church today. Well, if the Lord said, but, uh, but see, if he was over there and heard that, then there's one person in the room that could really have faith for the $1,000. That's right. If he knew something about me, mm-hmm. he believed I had the ability, and he heard me say, I'll do it for you. Amen. What you have to do to have faith for healing, faith for prosperity, faith for protection, faith for whatever it is you're wanting, needing, praying to God for, you better know something about God, His character. You better know something about His ability and then you, the biggest thing is you've got to find out what he said not what the preacher said not what the denominational decree said what did God actually say when you get all of that then you're you're going somewhere y'all okay have I just kind of got you on your back heel like that? Just relax. I'm not mad at anybody. Amen. Amen. Are you at Galatians chapter 2? Did I tell you to go there? Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse number 20. Wonderful verse. I'm looking at the clock. I got, we're doing great on time. Can you handle about seven more minutes? Amen. Pray, make it 50. Y'all, y'all are sweet. Praise God. Uh, praise God. Verse number 20. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, wonderful truth. I, I could get off preaching on that, but I can't. The, the next phrase is what I really want want you to see. And the life which I now live, the life that I now live, this new life 
I'm in Christ now. I got saved. I'm born again. God lives in me. I'm still alive. The old man is dead. I'm still alive. And this life that I now live in the flesh. Other translations say in the body. This life I now live. What does he say? I live by faith. He didn't say I live by my mind. He didn't say I live by my effort. He didn't say I live by my work ethic. I live by my struggle. I live by my trying. I live by my, pri- my praying. I live by my crying. What did he say? This new life, I now live in the body. I live by faith. How important is faith? How often should we talk about it? What sort of emphasis should we give to it? Well, you're supposed to live your life. Unless you think this is an isolated scripture. I'm just going to give the references, read them, and don't try to turn to them. Amen? Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by what? By faith. Galatians 3.11 says, But that no man is justified in the law, in the sight of God, is evident. For the just shall live by wondering. That's how a lot of Christians, that's how they live. I live by wondering. I pray my prayer and I wonder what he'll do. No matter what, I trust him. And they call that faith. That's not faith. Amen? The just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live... By faith. Then it goes on and says, and if any man draw back, meaning what? From faith. If you draw back from faith, God says, my soul has no pleasure in that person. See, it's, 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 it's so not the fault of so many Christians because pastors and preachers don't have a clue. When someone gets born again, someone ought to get him by the shoulders and say, Now, sweetheart, you're living a new life, and you're not going to live it the way you used to live it. Mm-hmm. You've been living according to your mind. Mm-hmm. You've been living according to your flesh. But now you're going to live a whole different way. Mm-hmm. You're going to live by faith, mm-hmm. and I'm going to teach you how. Amen. Right? It's a different kind of way to live. <laughs> living, Caden, not by what you see. You know, before you got saved, that, well, how did we live? This looks really bad, right? And so we think it's really bad because it looks really bad. And now I've learned to have to, I've learned, still learning, to look at something that looks really bad and not live my life based on that. But learn that with my faith, I can overcome that and do it on purpose. Not walk on the floor at night hoping I could plead, cry, intercede long enough to get God in the mind of doing something for me or for my children. Because I read enough of his word to know, I know what he'll do. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
Amen? Praise God. And so, Lord willing, in the services to head, we want to go over this ground all over again. What is faith? You know, if I'm going to live by faith, i got to know what faith is. And faith isn't just throwing your desire out there and then trusting God to do whatever He infinitely decides to do. That's actually doubt. It's actually doubt. God longs to be believed. He longs to be trusted. He longs for any one of His children to pick up one of His promises and say, God's going to do that for me. God is going to heal my baby. And just flat stick to it. I'll give you a closing little example. A couple weeks before this hike I went on, I started noticing some pain, sharp pain in my right foot. And I just kind of ignored it and go on, went on with my good self. And uh, praise God. And so, but as I approach this hike, I'm going to be in the mountains in boots and 50 plus pounds on my back for four days. And, and I'm hurting in a comfy shoe on flat ground. And I'm thinking, I, I need some help here. I, I'm going to suffer. And so I finally pulled my leg up on my vanity and got a closer look at it. And there, between my, it was on my, not my pinky toe, but the next toe in. And the ring toe, I don't know what you call that. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Whatever. I, I pulled that, and I noticed a growth there. I don't know if you call it a corn or whatever, had grown right out to the side and was putting pressure on that pinky toe and rubbing and causing all that sharp pain. And I touched it, and you could tell it was hard and thick and rooted in there. And I went, dear Lord. And so I took a few days. This is now when I discovered that I'm I'm in, I'm four or five days away from hiking. Right. And so I went and did what you ought to do. I went and got Dr. Scholl's <laughs> corn treatment. I put the acid on there and the pad and got some walking relief. But I'm always, always feeding myself on healing scriptures, always, always, all the time. I'm never too far away from healing scriptures. And I know what Mark eleven twenty three says. Whatsoever, if you speak to the mountain, believe in your heart that what you said to the mountain will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. So I said, I curse you, growth. I command you to wither up and dry and leave my foot. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you the power of God's at work in my foot. I believe I'm well. Thank you. Well, I went hiking and had the symptoms in my foot first day, second day, third day. We, we spent a lot of day going downhill, and that's where it really hits your toes really hard. And so I stopped and I double padded. I put some moleskin on. You, it's not not faith to do whatever you can do in the natural. Some people trip over that. And was able to walk and get some relief. But last night, we spent by this beautiful river and really cold. And so that night, I, uh, you know, 
getting there and in my tent, getting ready to sleep, and I'm going to change the bandage. And when I pulled the bandage off, the corners came out with the bandage. And it didn't tear skin. It, it just was there on the bandage. I can take it off. You can look at my toe if you'd like. But, I mean, there's new skin there. And so I literally got to walk by faith and not by sight. Now listen, I didn't know when. And I, I know because I had the thought myself, you might be thinking, how come God didn't do it at the beginning of the hike for you? I don't know. Right. Maybe he's testing my faith. I, I have no idea. I don't care. Here's what I knew. From the moment I discovered it and the moment I spoke to it, it's doomed. It can't stay. It will be gone. It's withering. It's dying because I say so. And I have Jesus' word that if I believe that what I say will come to pass, it will come to pass. And I want you to know as God is my witness, it came to pass. In Over a corn, okay? You know, whatever. I'm just telling you. What are you facing in life? What are you wanting in life? What are you dealing with in life? Amen. God has authored the greatest life for all of us. For all of us. We don't have to live according to what we see. We don't have to live according to the way we feel. I wouldn't come to the pulpit half the time if I was walking according to what I felt. Amen. Amen. You're faith people. Servant of faith, God. Come on, stand up on your feet today. Glory to God. What mountain is in your way that you've just been looking at, hoping God will do something about your mountain? Hoping God will do something about your baby. Hoping God will do something about your body or your finances. Come on, begin to live and learn about this wonderful adventure called the life of blab it and grab it. Name it and claim it. Amen. And don't be willing to let the promises of God go unrealized in your life. Grab faith by the horns. Get yourself a book out of the bookstore. Amen. Plant yourself deeply in a church that preaches faith hard and strong and often. Amen. Amen. Because your faith is your victory. God meets faith. God goes where faith puts Him. God's not a respecter of persons. He's not picking winners and losers. What He's done for me, He will do for you. Amen. Amen. All right, who's mad? I'll open up some new appointment slots and to smooth this all over. Are we good? We're inspired. We're taught. Hallelujah. Well, Father, let's just lift our hands before we go. Father.